And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. There we go. <laughs> there we go, got the microphone. Hello everyone, welcome to this edition of Live From The Bunker uh, at the Vault. Uh, location here. I am Christopher Hoffman, and you are watching live from the bunker at a Sci-Fi for Me TV. And that we've got some wonderful programs for you right now. Of course, we are all on. There we go. We're all on the social medias here. Let's see. Got here. It is my first time on this one there we go whoops there we are we got it there we go it's first my first time at the control board excuse the little glitch there as you can see we've got the live chat open uh, comments we're on all sorts of social media and you can also see that we are also in podcast form on all of these different providers. We've got Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, we are there. And of course, of course, we've got all of this great stuff here. And there we go. Now... Today, uh, today we're taking a little bit of a departure from our usual subjects, um, but it's still in the wheelhouse of sci-fi. Um, well, actually, sci-fi, horror, and fantasy, what we're known for here at the channel. We're going to be taking a look at the influence of soundtracks, particularly in horror film, and how the soundtracks really create um, the ambiance and, and add to the atmosphere and tension of uh, different movies, especially classic ones. Now, over on the American side of things, of course, you've got uh, the incomparable John Carpenter with his famous theme for Halloween, um, and, I mean, who can forget that? It, it's just, it's ubiquitous as a uh, scary movie theme, and then, of course, you also have uh, Harry Manfredini, who came up with the famous kill, 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 kill sort of theme for Friday the 13th, which has also become famous in its own right. Now, over across the pond uh, and in Europe, around the time that uh, John Carpenter and Wes Craven and uh, the folks that did Friday the 13th were around, there was a whole slew of horror directors over in Europe, um, particularly Italy and um, also the UK that were coming out with some great, great classic movies on their own. And, of course, the themes to go with those films that just became iconic, sort of the sounds of horror, as it were. You could definitely tell the distinction between American and European horror soundtracks. Now, with the European horror soundtracks, particularly Italy, as I mentioned before, there were a couple of uh, great uh, bands and composers that did really, really groundbreaking soundtracks. Um, one of them, of course, um, the... I guess you would say the godfather of uh, Italian horror uh, soundtracks, and that would be Ennio Morricone. Now, he did uh, not necessarily horror movies, uh, as it were, but the uh, Italian extreme thriller genre, Giallo. And, um, of course, you know, you're probably familiar with Ennio Morricone uh, for his theme for the good, the bad, and the ugly, but he did a ton of different soundtracks. And if you're familiar with the theme for the good, the bad, and, bad, and the ugly, you can certainly understand how much of an earworm that is with the 
wah, 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 and that with some of his Italian um, thriller movies that he scored, he had a lot more sort of like jazz and kind of funky uh, guitars in there, some really, really neat stuff. Um, and then with a little bit more of a kind of a prog rock leaning, um, sort of a heavily influence with uh, synthesizers and a lot more rock and roll as opposed to jazz, you had the group Goblin. And they are famous for uh, scoring a number of Dario Argento classics um, like, excuse me, like uh, Suspiria, of course, his uh, first in the um, Mother of Tears trilogy, the classic Suspiria. And they also did um, some soundtracks for uh, the, uh, believe it or not, uh, Dawn of the Dead. They, they teamed up with George Romero. And you can really, really... Um, you know, get a, a real sense of sort of kind of a out-of-place weirdness with, with the the use of um, the kind of Moog, with the reuse of Moog synthesizers and all of the different kind of strange electronic noodlings with the uh, kind of a, a bit of a sinewy wah-wah guitar riff on there. Now the reason I bring these groups up is just give you a little bit of a, a, a kind of a, a picture of the kind of sounds that were happening over in that time period in the horror movie space for this uh, different soundtracks and how they added a real uh, a great deal of suspense and tension to the films. Um, certainly Certainly, there's some uh, iconic scenes that come to mind when you hear these sounds. Now, there is an, <clears throat> excuse me, with all of these sounds, um, you actually had um, a little bit, kind of on a little bit of the necessary, um, excuse me, a, with these sounds, you also had um, a tendency for some composers to go in sort of a kind of an acoustic direction um, that added, you know, still added some sinister vibes to the film, but kind of lulled you in sort of a kind of a dreamy, folky kind of space for the rest of the film that was really unsettling because you're hearing all of this nice kind of acoustic guitar music and these ballads um, and then all of a sudden you just see someone being sacrificed to a pagan god and of course the the king of those composers that type of composition would be Paul Giovanni who did the score and wrote the original songs for The Wicker Man uh, which is a classic in folk horror. Now, I bring these all these up again just to let you know that um, there have been a lot of uh, bands that have been influenced by all of the composers that I've just mentioned, be it um, in the form of the kind of esoteric electronica of... Um, Goblin and composers from Goblin, uh, Claudio Simonetti and Fabio Frizzi, as well as um, sort of the, because he was called like dungeon jazz of um, <clears throat> of Ennio Morricone and, and his compositions for the Italian thriller, and then of course you've got the uh, kind of acoustic uh, pagan psychedelia of uh, Paul Giovanni and today we're going to be taking a look at a really really interesting uh, excuse me a really interesting recording here recording label excuse me just getting to it 
called Library of the Occult. And they are an independent label out of the UK here. There we go. And they're an independent label out of the UK, and they specialize in creating soundtracks to uh, films that could have could have been playing in the 70s alongside the Wicker Man and Suspiria, but were never made. And yeah, so the soundtracks uh, from the Library of the Occult um, are really, really fun. Um, in fact, Library of the Cult is a fairly new independent record label. Uh, they started out in, let's see here, established in 20... in 2020. Um, fully established in, in, in 2020. Um, and they are producing some really, really interesting sounds the leader of the Library of the Occult is Tom McDowell, and he actually went ahead and began his career in a sort of kind of a prog rock synth heavy with a little but touch of shoegaze um, band called Dream Division, and it's really really interesting to see how he's transitioned over into the uh, different, uh, <clears throat> different sounds of an Italian, Italian-influenced soundtracks here. In fact, we've got one that he did for a film, see here, called Death Walks on Nitrate. And this is a film that was actually, um, it was a real film, and it is a real film. It was uh, in uh, submitted for the Fright Fest, actually in 2019. And um, it is totally, uh, it's, it's, it's a great, great homage to those weird and wonderful Italian horror films with all of those kind of, sort of abstract images and a lot of wah-wah guitar and sort of strange synthesizers that really if it that, that really just unsettle you and that you you've got this these strange visuals as like you can see on the cover of death walks on nitrate of sort of like the kind of psychedelic kind of liquid light show uh, on the uh, in the background and all of these pictures of eyes staring straight at you on this red film strip based uh, cover of the album and it perfectly sums up the film the film itself is really great but I don't think it would have the uh, sort of really ambient kind of uneasiness without the uh, sort of sinister synthesizers and all of those break beats that are just kind of unsettling and it's just like, hmm, this just, this sounds really, really good, but I I don't really, I don't really want to know what's behind the corner when this stuff is playing, and it's definitely um, a lot more orally appealing um, than your soundtracks that just have, you know, musical stings. You know, when something comes around the corner. Now, Death Walks on Nitrate, as you can see, was uh, put out uh, under Tom McDowell's band Dream Division. Um, and the Library of the Cult itself has actually produced a lot of different um, albums by bands other than Dream Division. And they've come out with some really, really interesting soundtracks 
to films that don't exist. And one of my favorites is a recent one. It's by the Hologram People, and it's called Village of the Snake God. And as you can see on the cover here, we've got um, a young woman who is uh, dressed in kind of a uh, gauzy sort of uh, robe, white robe, and then in uh, behind her, she's placed on the uh, the cover multiple times, and then behind her, uh, you see a kind of a horned figure with a wooden flute playing sort of like a charm, um, charm music, and this album is for a uh, for a film that never <laughs> that never came out, but definitely definitely should have. And you can see here, there we go. I've got a copy of it right here. It's Village of the Snake God. And then on the back, you've got the listings of the different tracks. And the different tracks, actually, um, are divided up into Act 1 and Act 2. And then Act 1 is 1969, somewhere deep in rural Middle England. And then with each track, you have a little explanation of uh, the story that would go along with the film. Like, for instance, uh, the first one is Enter the Chamber. And it reads, a crisp spring dawn creeps in as the mist rolls over the ancient stone circle. An archaeologist is driving towards a remote village to investigate a recent inquiry. Whilst a few miles south, a motorbike gang awakens in their camp. And it's really, really fun to listen to. This is some great music. I'm going to play a little bit, a little bit of a sample in in a few minutes so you can get uh you can get a taste of what the hologram people are doing with village of the snake god and it also comes with a poster here of once again a film that should have been made that wasn't and you can see here we've got a sort of a english manor and then a astrological chart of the year with an eye in the center. And of course, the village of the snake god done in sort of a kind of a 70s version of the font from Stranger Things. It's really, really fun. Um, and if you... <clears throat> with village of the snake god... It's really, <clears throat> Village of the Snake God is a great example of the music doing the work for you as far as like a narrative progression goes. Um, it's a really fun listen because you can go ahead and just get lost in it. And of course, the sort of narrative aspects of the album, um, at least the album cover, giving you kind of little snippets of a story going along, really helps kind of drive your imagination while you're listening to these excellent, excellent sounds. And it takes you back and it kind of gives you a sort of a mixture of the Wicker Man and a little bit of a kind of obscure film from the UK called Psychomania about an undead biker gang that uh, actually wear helmets with uh, with skulls on them and that sort of thing. It's it's really really fun. All of this type of music that is released by the Library of the Occult really, really harkens back to those types of movies during the 70s, the, those kind of sort of pro prog rock kind of 
synthesizer, Moog, wah-wah, as I uh, mentioned before, feeling that uh, really really gets you in a mood for just some kind of like unsettling imagery and just really, really spooky stuff going on. And from Village of the Snake God, they actually, there's actually another uh, album by a group called the Giants of Discovery, and this one is Out of Time. And this is another soundtrack to a film that really could have been made, um, uh, but wasn't. Um, and it is about a Victorian inventor who gets lost in time here and he opens a gate that he shouldn't have um another great horror movie kind of trope and this one is a little bit more lovecraftian and uh it's it's really really cool it's uh got tracks like epilogue one a page of madness and of course the opening of the gate and the act out of time and this one is interesting because it does have a spoken word portion in it so you don't necessarily you know just drink in the music and leave have the music leave it up to your imagination you've got a little bit of a narrative on this one but it is really really great as you can see here definitely with the artwork on the album cover you get a really really great sense of how this story is going to play out as far as the ominous settings we've got an old manor house and uh in sort of a kind of greenish tint uh, black and white and then we've got a grandfather clock and at the bottom of the grandfather clock is a ominous skull and of course out of time the eye in time is replaced by a melting candle and it's just a really really nice package of uh a package of that delivers exactly exactly what it says it's going to uh, as far as you know kind of the ambiance and the wickedness of the uh narrative and music oh and library of the cult um is on Bandcamp. Um, they do release, as you, uh, as I've shown you, they do release uh, these soundtracks on vinyl, um, but some of them are very limited. You can also find um, some of the Library of the Occult records uh, through Mondo uh, over here in the States. Um, you would just go ahead and look under their vinyl section and uh, they should be available over there in uh, if you are able to go ahead and find some of these records I highly recommend them they're really really fun um, let's see here we've got some more here I'm going to do one more and then we're going to take a short break. Okay, yeah, this one is great. This is the ash tree. And this is a really interesting concept album because it is uh, based on the short story by M.R. James, who as a very, very strong argument can be made for uh, being the uh, father of dark academia and that genre. Now, the ash tree itself is a really, really uh, shiver-inducing kind of horror tale of uh, witches and ancestral curses. And 
as you can see here with this, it's uh, <laughs> on the cover of the ash tree. It says MR TV, and that and this is kind of ties into uh, the ghost stories at Christmas episode of the ash tree, but uh, it is an original soundtrack, so you could either go ahead and prepare yourself by watching the ghost stories of uh, from Christmas Ash Tree episode from uh, the BBC, or you can go ahead and just put this album on and read the short story for yourself. And in fact, I believe it is timed to coincide with the uh, actual length of the story itself and it's really really fun you hear it's really really fun and it's a great story um the album cover as you can see it's got these kind of strange spiders coming out of a uh illustrated the, out of the top of an illustrated skull and this one is done by the missionary work tabernacle choir and you've got some really really fun stuff there we are going to take a short break and then we will be right right back if you unsubscribe to our podcasts our legion is doomed this is sci-fi for me radio hi everyone jason hunt here inviting you to join us every saturday for news science fiction fantasy and horror headlines from the week plus interviews updates on events going on around the world and the weather forecast for same it's all wrapped up in one neat package for your weekend. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. Every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. There you go. A, a, a couple of bumps along the way, uh, but we're do, we're doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> So, um, the Library of the Occult um, is a fairly new label. Um, as I mentioned, it, it uh, said it's established in um, twenty uh, in twenty twenty. But the bands on the Library of the Occult have been around for a number a number of years. Um, we've got some great, great artists in the Library of the Occult. Um, there we go. <clears throat> Such as, here we've got the soundtrack to another film that doesn't exist but certainly should have and definitely falls into that Paul Giovanni um, esoteric kind of pagan uh, psychedelia of uh, the genre of kind of the folk horror of the 70s and this is the music from the motion picture The Goatman by the group The Unseen and it's as a soundtrack this is essentially uh, this is essential <clears throat> ably sits among the revered soundtracks of other 70s cult horror films that you should have on your list uh, on yourself by the likes of paul giovanni and mark walkinson it was clearly a labor of love and is hugely enjoyable on its own as a piece of music and that is a quote from gray malkin from the hair and the moon who uh fans of this type of music would be familiar with this is great um now the sounds captured uh 
for the soundtrack of The Goat Man uh, were produced by using an M400 Mellotron, a Hammond C, a Hammond C102 organ, a Kimball upright piano, a Moog Rogue, and a Roland Space Echo. And those produced kind of those weird sort of spacey sounds that you would hear in um, sort of like the theme to kind of like, you know, the, the lost in space and the thrimmins with the different, wah, 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 you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> that excuse my, uh, my kind of butchered Thurman attempt. <laughs> and here we go. I said I was going to give you a little bit of a sample of what we're going to do. A little bit of sample of one of the tracks from Library of the Occult here. And let me bring up the page. Excuse the, excuse the dead air. And that, there we go. Just uh, trying to locate this here. I thought I had it up, and then I didn't. <laughs> well, anyway, I will find that and give you a sample in just a second here. We'll go ahead and take a look at another one of the recordings of Library of the Cult. And that is actually a soundtrack for an actual soundtrack for a, a real movie that is very, very obscure. In fact, it was uh, very... <laughs> uh, so obscure <laughs> that many people thought that the film itself didn't exist um, because it was originally when it came out it was kind of um, let's see hmm I guess you would say it was a little bit of a shadow band um, film because of its title and it's a bit of salacious nature but the film was recently found and turns out that the soundtrack the original soundtrack to it was uh, really, really um, s sort of decrepit. I was going to say decrepit. It, it was destroyed and that um, because there were so few copies of the uh, original print of the film that uh, the sound elements were non-restorable. Um, so, along comes a couple of uh, composers, uh, Henning Zinoviev and Floating Candles, and they went ahead and they uh, redid the whole soundtrack. Um, and they tried to restore as much as they could, but then they went ahead and just re-recorded everything. And it is, of course, as you can see on the screen, a film called Die Nude for Satan and that which is um ah, <laughs> and that it's it's uh it's a very very strange film um great great soundtrack here um as you can see the cover yeah not not too bad it, it seems like something that you might have seen in a uh, sort of a, a heavy metal album from the early to mid 80s so, but um, it's Library of the Occult um, is really, really fun um, as far as their ability to curate 
these soundtracks and find these composers that are really interesting in bringing back these sounds of vintage movies and vintage movies that should have been made that weren't and that they really have a knack of capturing that whole kind of ambiance and feel of something that you wait a second i think i might have seen this film i don't know wait a second is it hmm let me look this up and you look it up and you find like wait a second this film doesn't even exist but i could have sworn i i i saw this somewhere or it, or it gives me some sort of vibe you know, it's like, wait a second, I, I could have, I really, didn't I see this at 2.30 in the morning? You know, uh, like coming back from a party or something, wasn't I flipping the channel? And that Library of the Cult definitely captures the spirit of those strange, wonderful midnight movies that uh, you would see coming home late at night. And that so, um, and let me see here. I'm trying to find. Let me go. This here. we go uh we are going to give you a little bit of a sample of the a little bit of a sample here of the sounds there go. Okay. There we go. There we go. We got it up here I just had to find the actual uh, village of the snake god excuse the delay on that one and you can see here this is the library of the occult band camp page and you can find all the albums that I mentioned on there and some other releases uh, one by the electronic musician ogre who was uh, tied to the um, sort of electronic industrial band skinny puppy um at one time um and skinny puppy and ogre are still around uh, ogre you uh might remember from having a part as um uh poppy uh poppy largo in repo the genetic opera but here we go we're going to play a little bit just a little bit of Village of the Snake God. And there you go. That was just a tiny, tiny little bit of Village of the Snake God. So you got a little bit of a, uh, a taste of the type of music. It's got a really kind of, you know, just sort of a uh, propulsive drum beat there with, of course, the tambourine kind of in there and the cymbals. Um, it also has a little bit of a taste of a kind of, um, <laughs> I know we're going mainstream here right now, um, a sort of a, a mysterious ways vibe from uh, the Octung Baby era of U2. And that now that is just a sample of the village of the snake god they've got a ton of different albums over here 
In fact, they actually have an album from Graham Resnick, who was the screenwriter and uh, composed some of the music for um, the video game Until Dawn and the more recent video game The Quarry, uh, both of which have won awards for their horror narratives and storytelling. And Graham Resnick is also on the Library of the Occult label here and that he's got a uh, album of uh, interconscience music which is just uh, some of his electronic noodling and th such as that. Some really, really interesting, fun stuff. Now, Library of the Occult not only does original soundtracks to uh, films, they also do uh, spoken word records as well. We've got some really, really interesting spoken word albums. In fact, there is one that is done by Dream Division, and it's under their subheading, Tales from the Library of the Occult, and it is called Wolf. And the first side of the album is uh, narrated... Um, in this case by uh, Matthew Holmes, and it tells the story of the wolf. And it's January 1980. Carolyn Ashton and her daughter Gwen are new arrivals in Greenwood in search of a fresh start. Carolyn has sunk all of her savings into the ancient cottage at Low Farm, where she and Gwen have planned to live their life happily ever after. All they need is a few months to get the place straight straight and tidied up. A few months renting the upstairs room at Lowell Hall, a 12th century manor house now converted into a pub. But this is a place where history is reluctant to stay buried, where things left behind, things best forgotten, have a habit of resurfacing like a predator scenting prey. The past is on their trail, and it's hungry for blood. This is really, really fun. The first side is the story with the music. The second side is just the music by itself. This one is composed by Tom McDowell's band, Dream Division. And it was the story itself was written by John Repion. In fact, they have a number of these different stories. And they actually have one that is... The Storm, which is positively, positively, hmm, I was going to say breathtaking. That might be a little bit too corny, but hey, I'm the host of the Vault of the Killer Bees, so you're going to, you're going to expect some corniness from now and that, so, shh, <laughs> see, even my dog objected, objected to my corniness. And that, now there we go. We've got a, a screenshot of Storm and this narrated by Catherine Peach. And as you can see, kind of kind of foggy background with a uh, red hooded woman holding a uh, lit candle in the darkness. And it's a great, great fun story with really nice ambient kind of stormy atmosphere and of course you listen to the story on the first side and then the second side is just the music itself so in case you you know not necessarily into the narrative you just into the music you have that choice and all of these are available as you could see on the Bandcamp website under Library of the Occult. 
and we have one more album let's see in my collection to showcase and this is a band that doesn't it they're not doing a soundtrack as it were um for the movie for a movie that doesn't exist this one is um an album that kind of echoes past releases sort of like a, a ghost kind of come back to haunt you you know for all of those kind of pastoral folk horror movies from the 70s and this one is lord summer isle Right here, you can see the cover here. It's got that strange uh, candle made from a dead man's hand called the Hand of Glory used in witchcraft, dark witchcraft. And, of course, the name of the band itself, Lord Summer Isle, is uh, a reference to the Wicker Man itself. And this whole album is... Uh, it's described as dark psychedelia with ominous grooves and folk horror. And it all collides in this 70s-inspired freak-out record. And that, so we've definitely got a lot of weird kind of ambiance on here as far as like the wah-wah goes. And I've been saying wah-wah a lot. I, I think I'm... Uh, I think I am going to retire that word after today's episode but as you can see here this one is on transparent green vinyl and you've got the kind of pagan sun and the old 70s font right here lord summer isle and this one is recordings from library of the occults and albums like this have very kind of long extended tracks that really really put you in the mood like this one has actually it's got four tracks but they're each about nine to nine to ten minutes each somewhere around there and they really, really put you in that kind of sinister folk horror, hmm, the village has secrets type of mood. And that if you're into that stuff, you would certainly enjoy this band. I mentioned... I know I've been focusing on the Library of the Occult and showing you the different records that they have. The reason I've been doing this is just to shed a light on this indie label and to turn, uh, well, <laughs> to use a term from the 70s, kind of uh, turn you on or give you a heads up into this kind of resurgence of this type of a soundtrack for film because I know a lot of the uh, mainstream composers as uh, as it were like your Hans Zimmer and your John Williams they get a lot a lot of attention um, and their music is grand it's really really great um, and fun to listen to and then you've got Danny Elfman um, who kind of started out sort of niche but is now um, a, a well-established mainstream name but with the composers that I've mentioned here and that you've got um, a really really interesting sound set as well as some really great compositions that should be highlighted and the interesting thing about these soundtracks at least in my opinion is that you could go ahead and listen to them um, as their own sort of um, as their own uh, compositions as their own pieces of work aside from you know the the films that they were either inspired by or the films that they're doing the soundtracks to sort of like the uh the one for like death 
walks on nitrate and that it's a really great soundtrack it's it's uh, serves as a standalone uh, piece of art that definitely definitely is a worth your listen here uh, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of uh, live from the bunker we have all the social medias that you can get a hold of us uh, you can uh, get a hold of us at uh, sci-fi-for-me.com. That is our website, of course. You can shoot us an email. Um, we are on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and uh, we are also on uh, Rumble and Odyssey, as well as here on YouTube. Um, all of our uh, social media outlets um, you can go ahead and drop us a line if you wish and care to. And we are uh, always happy to hear your comments. And we also have a great, great Discord that we have just begun. And um, that is so fun. We've got all sorts of different topics over there. We've been discussing the uh, the OGL sort of kerfuffle that's been going on lately as well as different topics including there's a section there for Vault of the Killer Bees and we're always looking for uh, for new new people to join our Discord and, and and chime in on the conversations that we have there after the show. And we are also offering YouTube memberships. <clears throat> and that'll get you access to, uh, right now, some very fun emojis, as well as um, later on we're going to be introducing some more bonus content and some sort of behind the scenes uh kind of curated uh behind the curtain action over here at sci-fi for me tv and i want to thank you once again for tuning in um i have been your guest host uh, from the vault for this episode of Live from the Bunker and uh, Christopher Hoffman we really thank you so much for being here and once again once again thank you thank you for tuning in and as Mr. Boss would say remember 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 that they want you to think there are five lights, but there are only four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 